Hey everyone. Last weekend we were in Melbourne for the first time racing in three years. Of course we were there in 2020 for the start of the season before COVID hit, but we never actually got to the racing. I know that Melbourne used to be the first race of the Formula One season and I actually really miss that. Ever since we've gone to the Middle East for the start of the season, I've always felt like it's just an extension of testing, especially now that we go to the Middle East for testing and then for the first race. It feels as though to me, Melbourne will always mark the beginning of the season. After the race, Formula One said that over the course of the weekend, 400,000 people came to visit Albert Park. And all of those people enjoyed an excellent race. I thought it was really, really interesting. And I think we learned an awful lot about where teams are in the current standings after Melbourne. The main talking point for me from the weekend is Charles Leclerc's performance, which was entirely dominant for probably the first time in his Formula One career. He had what was called a Grand Slam weekend, which means he got pole, got the fastest lap during the race, and of course, won the race. I would say that it was probably one of his most perfect races if he hadn't had that close moment at the end of the second safety car, I think. Now, already in this season, I think we've had at least four or five safety cars where Leclerc and Verstappen have been fighting each other. And I think for all of those as well, Charles has been in front and had to defend from Verstappen. Now that is no easy task, and I think overall he's done really, really well with that defence, but he had a really shaky moment coming round that final corner. He went deep, he didn't get a good exit, and almost lost the lead. And whilst it was a pretty perfect weekend for Leclerc, it wasn't for Ferrari. And part of that is down to Carlos Sainz, who had quite an unlucky weekend. There was quite a few very small little issues that affected him at key moments. I believe he had a small issue which meant he couldn't come out of the garage in time for Q3, therefore he could only do one lap and he didn't get a warm-up lap and then that put him back to P9. And then before the start of the race, on the starting grid, he had an issue with his steering wheel and they had to change it for the replacement. And if you can imagine a steering wheel, the Formula One steering wheels have a huge amount of buttons, switches, dials, and they're all completely personal to the driver. The replacement steering wheel is not, it's just, I believe, a generic, like, spare one that they have. The mapping that he had set up for his normal steering wheel, obviously it's very different on the replacement. And so he had a very poor start, ended up going backwards three places to P13, was trying to fight very, very hard to push forward, ended up spinning off on lap two and was out of the race. So not a perfect weekend for Ferrari, but it's very clear that they are the most consistent top team in comparison to Red Bull, who seem to have the fastest car in terms of powertrains, but they can't seem to finish the race. I know Max is making jokes about it right now, and quite frankly, I'm glad that he is, because you need to find some sort of humour to keep going. Max Verstappen, the reigning world champion, has not finished two of the last three races. And it doesn't seem to be one problem either. For example, the first race, I believe they didn't test a low fuel run when they did testing in Bahrain. What happened in Melbourne was also to do with the fuel. 
but it was to do with a leakage, I believe. Of course, we don't have any confirmation. We just know that there was fire and some liquid and Max could smell fuel. So now three races in, we're learning an awful lot about these new cars. We're learning, for example, that the Red Bull is unreliable. We can also assume from what I've seen from the first three races that the bouncing of the cars doesn't mean that they're slow. And you can tell that because that Ferrari was bouncing down that main straight with the Red Bull right behind it that was hardly moving at all. But that Ferrari is still rapid quick, as is the Red Bull. So it's clear that the porpoising or the bouncing isn't really affecting the speed. I think we can also assume that the top three teams are in fact still the top three teams. And what I mean by that is Ferrari, Red Bull, Mercedes have all been up there in the top three, have all been up there for the first three races. Of course, the exception is Hamilton in Saudi Arabia. But don't forget that George Russell managed to qualify his car in P6 in that race. We're also ignoring Sainz's ninth place qualification for this as well. But it seems to me that the top three teams are in fact still the top three. Whereas the rest of the pack, it seems to have completely mixed itself up depending on where we are. And I think that is what it is. To me, it feels like it's track dependent. Not that teams have necessarily changed anything, or at least I hope that that's what it is, because then that makes it really exciting. For example, Kevin Magnussen putting that car in fifth place in Bahrain and then qualifying in 18th in Melbourne. McLaren, who could barely get out of Q1 in the first race of the season, qualifying in fourth and seventh in Melbourne. I don't think a huge amount has changed in these cars over the last few weeks. But I think we're going to different types of tracks and that is affecting the performance of the rest of the cars. Of course, there are probably some other factors to include in that as well. For example, I would expect McLaren to be up there. I wouldn't expect Haas to be up there right now. So I think we're going to see a little bit more of that, or I'm going to guess that we're going to see a little bit more of that flipping round of the rest of the teams, depending on the different types of tracks that we're going to. That is until the teams start to bring upgrades. And upgrades tend to come from money. One team that might be struggling in terms of repair money, because don't forget, if you have to rebuild your car, like with Mick Schumacher and Haas last week and their $1 million repair, then it's probably going to be Aston Martin. They had a pretty disastrous weekend, which now leaves them in a position where they are the only team without a point. Even Williams, who, thanks to now called the tyre whisperer, Alex Albon, managed to get a single point in 10th place in Melbourne. So now Aston Martin are the only team there with zero points and completely unreflective of where they should be as a team. They think of themselves as a top five team and right now they are sat right at the back. So what has gone wrong there? I could probably do an entire episode about Aston Martin and the woes that they seem to have. Part of it seems to be a bit of misfortune. For example, uh, Sebastian Vettel missing the first two races due to having COVID. But even when they brought in Nico Hulkenberg, he outqualified Lance Stroll in Bahrain. 
Nico Hülkenberg hasn't driven a car in a year and a half. Before Lawrence Stroll took over and bought the team, it was called Force India, and it was owned by a guy called Vijay Malia, who ended up getting into huge trouble with the authorities. He put that team into administration, and it was partly rescued by their top driver at the time, Sergio Perez. After Lawrence Stroll bought the team, a year later, he decided that he wanted to have, I think, what he called a, a spearhead in the team. And so Lawrence Stroll apparently triggered the break clause in Sergio Perez's contract, and he had to leave, bearing in mind that Sergio Perez was the only driver to get podiums at Force India. I think he got five in three years. And in the end, they lost a really good driver to Red Bull who knew the team, who knew the engineers and had been there through some really tough times. And it's not that Sebastian Vettel is a bad driver. He isn't. He is a four-time world champion. But I think the environment of that team has had to start from scratch and it has gotten worse before it seems to be getting better. Another example is Otmar Safnauer, who was their team principal throughout that tumultuous period left the team at the end of last year and took with him one of their biggest sponsors, BWT, to Alpine. Afterwards, he said in an interview that it was micromanagement that was one of the reasons why he left. And I've also read an article with an interview with Ralph Schumacher, who said that apparently Lawrence Stroll puts himself into every single meeting. Looking at Sebastian Vettel at the weekend, he just looked like a defeated man. And after Lance Stroll's crash with his fellow Canadian, Nicholas Latifi, and then leaving with, again, another set of zero points, but now being the only team with zero points, things are looking pretty dire at Aston Martin right now. I think this is a complete contrast to their internal marketing campaign and their merchandise. They have by far the best merchandise of any team on the grid. And they just released that bucket hat, which of course I want. And there's also that beautiful green puffer jacket. But apart from that, they seem to be really struggling. So we'll have to see. They're obviously doing very well on a marketing side. Rumours are flying high across the world of Formula One as to why they're struggling. And ultimately, they can have an amazing marketing campaign. But if they come home from every race with zero points, retirements and crashes, nothing is going to cover that up. So as I said, we learned an awful lot in Melbourne, but now we go to Imola returning to Europe. It's going to be the first time that we see upgrades brought to these new cars. And depending on, you know, how much the teams want to gamble, they could do something incredibly radical. For example, there are rumours and I assume guesses that Mercedes might change their side pods entirely. Are we going to see cars looking more like the, the Ferrari? Who knows? I will be back after the race in Imola. Thank you very much for tuning in. <laughs>